Hi, this is Ask Mom RN with your host, Tamara Walker. I'm a mom of two, a pediatric registered nurse, and your friend. I give practical advice to raise a healthier, safer, and happier family. Several years ago, when my oldest son was a teenager, one day he was fixing himself some lunch, and he had chosen a microwavable meal that was, I believe, like a Thai type of meal. And it was one that he had not had before, but he had had similar uh, meals to this. He had even had that same brand, maybe just a different flavor. And he fixed the meal in the microwave. He took it out, let it cool off a little bit, and he started eating it. And all of a sudden, within a few minutes, he started having some trouble breathing. And at first I thought he was choking. Obviously, I thought, you know, oh my gosh, he's got food stuck in his throat. But then he started indicating to me that he he wasn't choking. He just felt like he wasn't able to get enough air. And he felt like he was having an asthma attack. And his face was turning red. I immediately went and grabbed his inhalers and had him take his rescue inhaler and then was uh, watching him and his throat, literally his neck, started kind of swelling a little bit. Terrified me. So I grabbed some Benadryl. I had him take that. I monitored, monitored his ability to speak and his ability to breathe. He was still breathing, but he was you know, having some trouble, his breathing was kind of labored and he was um, getting a little bit wheezy and I, I was so close to calling an ambulance. I was just about to dial 911 when the inhaler started kicking in and he started being able to get a little more air in and he, you know, was like, no, don't, you know, I, I'm, it's feeling better. I'm getting, you know, it's, it's getting a little easier to breathe. So I, you know, kept my phone in my hand ready to dial 911 at a second's notice if needed. But fortunately, he did recover um, pretty quickly from the episode. But it was terrifying to watch my child go through that. It was, you know, he had never experienced anything like that before. He had had asthma attacks, but never severe asthma attacks. And never something caused or brought on by a food. And we looked through the ingredient list. We could not determine if there was something in there that maybe he had never had before or, you know, that could have caused the problem. And honestly, to this day, we still don't know exactly what it was in that meal, which ingredient caused him to have this reaction but we did end up uh, getting him an EpiPen we spoke with his pediatrician at the time and explained what had occurred and she suggested that we go ahead and get an EpiPen just in case and he had that um, for any future problems thankfully He's never had that severe of a reaction to anything since then. But it was an absolutely scary, terrifying experience because 
you know, I I was afraid we were going to have to call an ambulance, and I was scared that his throat was going to close off. I literally saw his neck start to swell, and that's when I thought, well, we've got to call 911, but thankfully, his inhalers kicked in very quickly and did help him um, because... You know, we didn't have an EpiPen or anything like that at the time. He had never experienced anything like that. Um, but fortunately, between the inhalers and the Benadryl, we got it under control. You know, food allergies are a frightening thing. And it was only after that experience that I found out that my husband and both of my children have actually had like a mild food allergy to bananas. And then my oldest son has also discovered that he's mildly allergic to avocados and he can no longer eat those. Um, my husband and my both my kids have said that when they eat bananas that their tongues and their mouths kind of tingle. And fortunately, they've never had swelling. They've never had trouble breathing. They've never had... Um, you know, a bad experience from it, but they get this mild tingling feeling, and that's not normal. And my husband said, you know, the whole time he was growing up, growing up he just thought that was normal. He, he just thought that's what bananas did to you. And both my kids apparently thought the same thing because they never told me that until after we had this experience with my son's allergic reaction and we started talking about food allergies. Food allergies affect 15 million people in the United States, and almost 6 million of those are children. And food allergies have been on the rise the past many years. More than ever before, parents are having to be concerned about food allergies. And we have had varying information on how to deal with them what might cause them, um, what to avoid, what to do for food allergies. And research has shown that some of the past advice about avoiding potential allergens and not exposing those to children at a young age, that actually ended up being bad advice and could have contributed to there being more food allergies because kids weren't being exposed to certain foods at an early age like they would have in past generations. So food allergies are something a lot of parents are concerned about and need information about. So today we have Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson, who is a leading pediatrician. She's an author, and she's the Before Brands Chief Medical Officer And she is joined by Ashley Domkowski, who is the co-founder and CEO of Before Brands. And Before Brands is a consumer-focused product platform, and they are focused on health and wellness for parents and families. And Dr. Swanson and Dr. Domkowski are joining us today in order to share some information to help you know what to do about food allergies. Important information that parents need to know about what can cause food allergies, 
how to prevent food allergies, and what we need to do. So let's welcome Dr. Swanson and Dr. Domkowski to the show. Hi, Tamara. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning. Welcome to Ask Mom RN. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having us. Indeed. Dr. Swanson, I wanted to start off asking, you know, it seems like food allergies are a lot more prevalent these days than in past generations. Uh, You know, we have to be more concerned about it, it seems like, as parents. Do you, do we know what may be causing that or what could be contributing to the increase in food allergies? Well, we do. We don't know everything, but we do know a lot. So to your point, you're right. It does seem like food allergies are all around us, and it's true. You know, 6 million children and 15 million Americans have food allergies, and we know many of them do develop during childhood. And what we're learning is that potentially the advice that we were giving 10 or even 20 years ago where we were saying, hold off on potential allergens, things like nuts or things like soy, wheat, or eggs, that advice that I was given and was giving 10 years ago when I was raising my babies may have potentially increased the likelihood of having a food allergy. New data really shows that early introduction to foods, including potential allergens, as early as four to six months of age, will help grow a healthy immune system. And the goal is to get in front of this. The numbers are frustrating to your point, but our goal is to help families understand that new research really guides us to get these foods in early and often, right from the get-go. Wow, so it really has changed over the years. and. We need to be proactive as parents. How can we, you know, what do we need to do when we're introducing new foods to our babies and to our children? How can we be proactive to try to get ahead of any potential problem? Well, the hope is when you start those baby foods, what we want you to do is consider, sure, start with an avocado or an apple or use applesauce. But think about the opportunity of getting lots of diverse foods in your baby's diet right from the beginning. Don't be scared or timid. We know that research is really showing us that that early introduction really does decrease the likelihood of, of having a food allergy. So you want milk, eggs, wheat, soy, fish, and even shellfish peanuts and tree nuts in a baby's diet right from the get-go, and we want it to be in there regularly, meaning you don't just try it one time and your baby goes like this with their face and you let it go. You keep thinking about Mm -hmm. ongoing, continual introduction of those foods. Well, yeah, we know that a lot of times it can take several tastings before a child accepts the food. They may not like it the first few times. It may take just continually uh, giving that to them. So if a child, um, you know, if we have food allergies that run in the family, do we need to be more concerned about our children developing food allergies? Or is it something that is, you know, runs in families? You know, food allergies are really multifactorial. There's a slight increase of risk if you've got a food allergy in the family. But that does not explain this doubling of food allergies each of the last decades. We know it has something to do with the environment that we live in and the exposures that we have. So that holding off on foods early in life, we think really contributed to the rise of food allergies. And unfortunately, anyone can develop a food allergy really at any time in life. So we think a lot about babies, toddlers, and young kids because of the numbers we hear in the school system. But we also really want to think about continuing a diverse diet all throughout our lifetime. 
Oh, that's a great point. I know someone who developed a, a allergy to peanuts and other tree nuts uh, and other types of nuts in their 40s. Never had had a problem before. So it can develop at any time. I think parents need to be aware that maybe just because your child hasn't had a problem so far doesn't mean that one could not develop. So we need to pay attention. What are some of the common signs and symptoms that may indicate that there's a food allergy? Well, it's hard to sometimes figure out if that's happening, but kids that have a reaction immediately after eating a food within the first two hours that includes lip swelling, rashes, really significant belly pain, or even vomiting can sometimes mean that they're reacting to something that they've eaten. But the good news is, is that most kids thankfully don't. And what we're thinking on is making sure families really start to understand that, um, you know, most kids will not have reactions to foods. And if you are concerned about high risk, I talk to your pediatrician if your child, for example, has severe eczema. But otherwise, we want babies right from the get-go, all of them and their families, to introduce all different diverse foods and feel safe in doing that. The data is clear, and I feel confident that starting early diverse exposures to things like nuts and fish and milk and eggs is in the best interest of your baby. And we hear a lot about peanut allergies specifically, but there's other types of foods that people can be allergic to. What are some of the other common ones? So the big eight are what we talk about. That's milk, eggs, wheat, soy, peanut, tree nuts, fish, shellfish, we find that those foods are really responsible for 90% of food allergies, and it really speaks also to how precious and dynamic immune health is. Um, peanuts get a lot of attention, and peanuts uh, rightfully so, but when we know that 77% of people who are allergic to something, to a food, are allergic to something other than peanuts, it really speaks to the importance of including all of these different potential allergens as an uh, early and regular part of the diet, starting in healthy young babies right at those, those first meals. Uh, and importantly, not just trying it a few times just to make sure that they like the taste, but keeping it in the diet on a consistent daily, long-term basis to really help um, you know, give the immune system that really robust education, kind of like reading to your baby every day that it really um, needs and wants early on. Sometimes that can be hard, uh, being compliant or adherent with that kind of a, a complex menu on a very consistent basis, and especially if you want to be including all the other wonderful fresh whole foods like the avocados and, and um, fresh you know, vegetables and fruits and meats and all those different kinds of things. And so figuring out a way um, to get that diversity of the particularly um, likely or potentially commonly allergenic foods in the diet on a daily basis is what we thought about in developing our product, Spoonful One, to include small amounts of those proteins. Well, this is such important information. I appreciate you sharing it with us. Where can we go and learn more? Well, on the website, SpoonfulOne.com. We link to science, tips on feeding for babies and for their parents, and more about Spoonful One products, how we took real foods and put them into this powder that you can sprinkle in your baby and maybe even your picky toddler's diet so that you can help get exposure to all these diverse foods in their diet. Wonderful. Well, thank you again so much for sharing this really important information. I want to thank our guests 
for being with us. I appreciate the information that they shared, and I know that they gave a lot of great information, but there's a little bit more that I feel like you need to know in order to help your kids, especially if you have an experience like we did with my older son and have an allergy attack out of the blue. You need to know what to do. You need to know what to look for, and if a child has a severe attack, that can be called anaphylaxis. That can be an anaphylaxis reaction, and that is very serious. So you need to look for hoarseness, a sensation of tightness in the throat, difficulty breathing, and then, you know, they may have hives, they may have abdominal pain, maybe vomiting, may have, you know, face may go red, lips might turn blue if they're really struggling to breathe. You need to take action quickly. And if you do not have anything available to help them, such as an EpiPen, if they've never experienced it before, then they, you know, probably don't have an EpiPen available, you need to be calling 911 immediately. If your child has asthma and they have um, inhalers or rescue inhaler, that might help. You can try giving that to them. Fortunately for my son, it did help. But if it had not helped, I would have been dialing 911 and getting the ambulance there. Um, if you have Benadryl or an antihistamine that you can give them, you know you don't want to wait until they can't breathe at all. But if they're able to talk and they're just having some tightness and a little bit of difficulty, you know, you can go ahead and try to get something in them. But I really advise seeing a pediatrician, see your family doctor, your child's doctor, talk with them about what to do, what is the best action to take for your child if they start showing allergy symptoms, severe allergic symptoms, and find out if they need an EpiPen to have with them. Because once you have a food allergy, sometimes it can get worse each attack. So could have a mild attack with mild symptoms one time and then, then you know, a different exposure to the same food could trigger a more severe reaction. So you need to talk with your child's doctor and get them an EpiPen to have on hand if they've ever shown signs of being allergic to a food. Have a plan in action. And if your child goes to school or if they go to daycare, then you're going to want to make them aware of this food allergy and make sure that they are aware to know what to do to take care of your child should they have a reaction while they are in that person's care or at school. You need to work with your child's health care provider and devise a plan. Make sure that they have what they need, whether they're at home, at school, daycare, or if they go spend the night at a friend's house or go even just go play at a friend's house or at a relative's. Make sure they've got their EpiPen with them. You never know when they might get exposed to something that they are allergic to. And I know I've heard many parents online 
and even some in person, but mainly online, I've read lots of complaints from parents about their school, their child's school, not allowing them to send peanut butter or anything containing peanuts or peanut butter to the school with their child because there's the potential that other children at the school may be allergic. And I've heard a lot of complaints about, oh, that's so inconvenient. And why does my child not get to bring what they want to school because of this other child? And honestly, what I would say to that is you need to be thankful and grateful that it's not your child experiencing a food allergy and your inconvenience and your child's inconvenience in trying to protect another child's life is very minor in the grand scheme of things. Because children with severe food allergies, especially with a severe peanut allergy, if they're even in the same room with something containing peanuts or peanut butter, they can have and potentially fatal reaction to that. They don't even have to come in contact with it or eat it. Just being in the same space can cause them to have a severe enough allergic reaction that they could die. So stop and think about that. If it were your child, what would you want other parents to do? Would you not hope that other parents would be willing to help protect your child. So it just baffles me when I hear people complaining about how inconvenient it is to them or their kids that they can't bring peanut butter sandwiches to school or anything containing peanuts to put in their child's lunch or to send to a school party. And in the grand scheme of things, is it really worth risking another child's life so that your child can have a peanut butter sandwich? Think about it. Be thankful it's not your child. Be thankful that you're not having to worry every time you send your child to school that they might be exposed to something that could kill them through no fault or control of their own. So I hope that this information today about food allergies is helpful to you. I would encourage you to go and learn more. And as the doctors told us, we actually do need to start exposing kids at a young age to these foods that are high potential for allergies. Um, The old advice of not exposing them until they're older seems to have actually backfired. So go ahead. Work with your child's doctor. Make sure that if your child does show any signs of an allergy to a certain food, then talk with their doctor about what to do and how to monitor that and then what to do if they do have a reaction and whether or not they need to have an EpiPen with them at all times just in case of an anaphylactic reaction. Hopefully it will not get to that point for your child. Hopefully your child will never have to experience food allergies. 
But the sad truth is, is more and more kids are having to deal with them every day. More and more adults are having to go through it. And a food allergy can occur, it can develop at any age. So we have to be aware of what to do in case that happens. This is Tamara Walker. Thank you for listening to the Ask Mom RN podcast. I look forward to being back with you next week. In the meantime, you can connect with me at momrn.com and find all of our episodes there. You can also find the Ask Mom RN podcast on iTunes. And you can connect with us on Facebook. Just simply search for Ask Mom RN Show. And we have a Facebook group that you're welcome to join called Moms Raising Happy Healthy Families. Thanks again for listening. I'll be back with you next week to share more tips to help you raise healthier, safer, and happier kids.